Not, not doing as much as I used to because of amazing people, hallelujah, things that you um, think will never happen are never possible. You know, I remember the day standing in another building and um, it was when we started, oh my goodness, with a young worship team that consisted of my children at, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 <laughs> And them doing their absolute best, playing the same songs over and over and over again and taking a look at that door. Because the exit door, one of the exit doors was right in front of me. And I can tell you, through a lot of services in the beginning, I'd look at that door and think, I, I am out of here. I am out of here, God. <laughs> what are you doing? And how many of you know that God keeps doing that? Yes. Hallelujah. It's called growth. It's called growth. It's called increase. It's called change. Are not we so grateful that it's happening in all of us, to all of us? That we're growing and that we're increasing and that we're changing in God. He's so good because we are not where we started. We may have a way to go. But we are not where we started. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's just open up in prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We just want him just to saturate this atmosphere today. Lord, we just honor you. We honor you this morning. We honor you, the bright and morning star. We honor you this morning. We lift you up. We lift up your name, we exalt you, and we welcome you in this house. And Lord, we just say that we're thankful that we're not without you, but without you, Jesus, life is just ordinary. It's just normal. It's not exciting. It's not an adventure without you. And we invite you. Help us, Lord, to see, to to notice, to discern, to perceive, to understand what it is that you're saying to each one of our hearts, Lord, this morning. The unique part, God, of what you do inside of us is that each one of us are here, each one of us working out our own salvation, each one of us, God, that you are speaking to, even though it's one message, one message coming out of one person, and yet in the hearts of each one of us, Lord, you are translating it into exactly what we need. And I thank you, Father, that's what you're doing. As we have separated, Lord, this month, thou art with us. God, you're with us. You're with us. You're with us. You are the distinguishing factor in our lives. You're the reason, Lord, that we can walk in joy and peace in the midst of trials, in the midst of circumstances. You're the reason, Jesus. Oh, we ask that you would lift, lift, lift this atmosphere in the name of Jesus. As Mike prayed this morning, Father, move in and out of every aisle. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. And we're learning how, how to function with you more and more to let you bring the will of the Father in our midst. Jesus, we ask this morning that you would manifest yourself. Ha. Ah. Yeah. That you would manifest yourself. We say more, Lord. More of you. More of you. More of you. Come on, drink. More of you. More of Jesus, more of you, Jesus, more joy, <laughs> more strength, more peace, more peace, Jesus. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know where the joy needs to hit this morning. It's okay, laugh. It's okay, it's okay, you can relax. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We want to leave, Lord, this place different than the way we came. We want to leave stronger. Oh, with greater wisdom, 
a greater assurance, the kind of assurance and persuasion, fully persuaded like Abraham was, Lord, where the scripture tells us against hope, against all natural odds, against hope, he believed in hope. He believed in the God of hope. He believed that you said what you meant and you meant what you said. Somehow Jesus, he was able to take you at your word. Lord, you know what he needed. And this morning, you know what we need. You know what we need. That is your aim. That's your goal. That's your goal. Not more information for the sake of information. But Lord, messages, words, principles, concepts, presence that we could stake our life on. <clears throat> that we could stake our life on. Why? Because things aren't always what they appear to be. <laughs> How do you know that? Things are not always what they appear to be. And so it requires that we dig a little deeper. That we dig a little deeper. That we become a little more aware. More Jesus. Come on, just let that peace. You know you need it. You know you want it. It may not be the reason you came to church today. Maybe you didn't know that's why God brought you here today. But everything is built on a life of peace. Everything is built on a life of assurance and trust and faith in God. Where there's rest, there's peace, there's faith in God, and God is having his way. He's taking us to that, walking us through to that place that he tells us to in Jeremiah 29, that he has, he's been telling us, has he been telling you that? That the plans that he has for you are good. They are plans for you to succeed. They are plans for you to prosper. They are plans for peace in your life, for hope in your life, for a good end, a good end, a good end, a good end, a strong end, a good future. And all of that is built on a life of peace and hope in God. And trust in God. And the Bible is full. It's full. It's so full. And there's so many more stories. The scripture tells us. That could have been written. That are not in there. That show us lives. That were built on peace. And where that took them. In God. Or apart from God. Without peace. And so, as God gives us, he repeats messages. You know that in the word of God, when God says things over and over and over again. It's because he's placing an emphasis on those things that he's repeating himself. You know, kind of like moms who want the garbage taken out and they repeat themselves over and over again. He's repeating himself because he wants us to get this. Because he knows it will change everything. He wants us to stay a little longer, to go a little deeper, so that we could find the God plan. And not rush things, but find the God plan. And so we welcome you this morning, Jesus. Just take a deep breath. Ah, oh, so good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence, God. It's okay with us, Lord, that you just touch people where they're sitting. It's okay with us, Jesus, that you heal bodies right now. It's okay with us, Jesus, that you open up our understanding. You cause things to make sense to us it's okay with us Jesus 
It's okay with us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for today. We thank you for testimonies from your presence. Hmm. Testimonies of you manifesting yourself. You're good. You're always good. And you want us to get to the place, Lord, where we can know you like Jesus knew you when he walked on the earth. Like David knew you when he ran towards Goliath. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew you in the face of adversity. Jesus said in this world there will be trials and tribulations, pressure, stuff, junk, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And when we skim things, it doesn't have the level of strength in us. It doesn't have the level of cement in our feet so that we don't accidentally rush things along, rush along, and not stay put. You see, we have to stay put. When we've taken a stand in God, a stand in his word, we have to stay put on that word. And there's pressure that comes, Mark tells us, for the sake of the word. Do anything you can. Get them off that word. Why? Because if they stay there long enough, it will produce a harvest. How do I know that? The scripture says, then we, when we grow not weary in doing well, when we grow not weary in doing well, what's doing well? Doing well is doing the ways of God. It's doing the principles of God. When we don't grow weary in doing the ways of God and we cement our feet, whether it be healing, whether it be finances, whether it be joy, whether it be contentment, whether it be peace, whether it be a relational issue, that person that you are confronted with every single day when you go to work, whatever it is, and you dialogue with the Lord around it, and he speaks to you and gives you a heavenly perspective, we have to stay put. We have to stay put. We have to stay with him long enough for the word that he says to hit our heart to land because it's only the words that land or are revealed to our hearts that we'll stick around for. And once those things land in our hearts, there is grace, there is power in that word to endure. But the Bible tells us that we have not because we ask not. And so what we're asking for most of the time is grace to continue, grace to endure, grace to do things right, grace to make the right choices, grace not to run, grace not to hide, grace not to complain, grace, great grace that's made available to us so we can grow apart from hearing from him and staying put how do you do that you make a quality decision that you're no longer going to live life based off of what you are seeing with your natural eyes but what you're perceiving with your heart what god is saying what you're discerning and that's something that we're going to take a look at today is this thing called discernment it's called living life using other senses other than what you maybe are seeing and what you are hearing how many of you know you have other senses it's learning to live life beyond what the doctor just told you learning to live life beyond the conversation you just had with your accountant, with your lawyer, with your wife, with your best friend, with your banker, learning to live life through discerning, perceiving, 
what God is saying to us. And so things aren't always what they appear. You know, I think about that. I think about two examples of that. Good morning, everyone. Hallelujah. Good morning on the internet to you. We're just so glad that you're joining us this morning. I think about two examples of that when I think about life is not always, it's not always what it appears to be. And until I learn to live life through what's called discerning or perceiving or looking deeper, seeing like God sees, noticing where God is drawing my attention, until I learn to do that, I'm not, I'm not growing to the level that I should be growing. And until I do that, I'm not, like we just prayed, I, I'm not standing out to be that Christ-like person. Jesus stood out. The disciples stood out. People who, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel stood out because they had, they knew something about God. They knew that they could stake their lives on God. They knew they could stake their lives on the principles of God. They knew they could stake their lives on him. And so they were immovable. And that was a sight to be seen. David, let me tell you, was a sight to be seen. What is this young, ruddy little guy who nobody knew? What on earth is he doing? Somebody stop him. Can somebody tell him he is not properly dressed? He is not properly equipped. He has not gone to the classes that he needs to overcome giants. Can someone please stop him? He's about to die. A life that's lived in discerning, in perceiving, in hearing God, in having the edge that's determined. See, that's, you know, what makes us different is not that we come to church. Kind of does. A little bit. What makes us different is that we know God. And that we hear his instructions and get to the place. Oh, that's like Cinderella's bell. <laughs> Ten minutes ago, I saw him. I looked up when you came in the room. Ah, oh, if you're old enough, be still my heart. <laughs> Hallelujah. It makes me think about when I think about things are not always what they appear to be. I thought about, and I say this respectfully to my, because it's just, you know, you can't help sometimes the examples that come to you. And so one of them in particular, I don't know why I remember this. It must have been a Rama moment. I remember um, being at high school and waiting for my dad to pick me up. And I remember waiting out back, and slowly people are driving away. They're driving away. Everybody's leaving. Buses are leaving. And I'm there all by my. Now, you know, in that moment, I'm sure, being the however old I was, back then my vocabulary wasn't as, what's the word, screened. <laughs> and so it wouldn't be hard to imagine that you would draw a conclusion and maybe, maybe, just maybe, if it's not a God word conclusion, like, He's working so hard. Isn't he amazing? Of course he loves me. He's actually picking me up in the middle of his busy day. But how many of you know, often that's not the conclusion that we draw. 
How you know when someone is standing and there's a doctor's report or a lawyer's report or an accountant's report and you hear those words from a person that you rely on, from a person that you trust, from a person that you highly esteem and you hear them. What do we do with these words that are just sitting there? What do we do? And God so much wants us as we linger this month in this idea that he's with us. Jesus came to do two things. He came to show us the Father, and he came to show us how to do things. He came to show us how to live. He came to show us that the Father is good, that the Father is loving. And the Bible tells us about Jesus when he said that everything he did and everything he said was only what he was seeing his Father do and say. The Bible says about Jesus that everywhere he went, he did good. Everywhere he went, he taught, he preached, he healed, and he did good. He healed all who were oppressed. Jesus drew that line and made it very clear for us that the one who is killing and stealing and destroying is not the good God. It's not our heavenly father and God's desire you know I uh, is for us to linger his desire is for us to stay a little bit longer as I said so that we could establish beachheads you know like you've been through a war and you don't think you're gonna make it and you know that picture that comes up in your mind of that person who's like Maybe they were shipwrecked at sea and all of a sudden there they are just on the shore. Their beach, they've established a beachhead. They made it through. And when they look up, they're like, oh no, there's a big hill in front of them. But they made it through. And life becomes, you know, as we have made the decision to grow, we have to stay with the Lord long enough and discern what Jesus said that, He's overcome and that no matter what we face, no matter what you're facing today, no matter what you will face tomorrow, if we will hear from him and stand steady, we will overcome. And you know, that's what Jesus is longing for. It's what made the disciples so radically different is that they didn't just go around and preach amazing messages. It's why sometimes, you know, I'll stop at the beginning and, and I just wait for the presence of God. And, and maybe we stop in the middle because we need presence. Without God going with us and presence, we're just sometimes pushing things along. And just because results are good doesn't necessarily mean that we're on that God path. And so the other example, I'm going to go quickly, that we um, try to get all, through all of this today that the Lord wants me to get through. The other example that I, that I think about, because when we, we talk about discerning and things aren't always what they appear, so they made a promise, very loose promise we're finding out now, to us that we had this huge piece of land across the street from us, and they promised us that they would never build on it, or at least not for 100 years. So we figured, you know, we're good. Something happened in the midst of it. Kind of a little suspicious, I think, but anyway. And so, you know, we heard these amazing stories in the beginning of what it was going to be. There's this, um, it's a retention pond, and so there's this awesome, I always wanted to live on the water. I, you know, God, wow. <laughs> still want to move but I got this big huge piece of water that I look at <laughs> but you know it's not the prettiest site how many of you know the building things are not the prettiest site and how many of you know that if I'm not privy to the you know they, they promised me something but I gotta wait I gotta dig my heels in the ground and every day I gotta look at the mud as it's up and down the street and I got to look at the noisy trucks as they're coming into my area and I got to look at that big empty field with no swings yet and no grass yet and no walkways yet and I'm tempted to wonder as I ask it's what we do in life isn't it we hear what's going to happen and then we ask excuse me sir 
you know what they're doing here? Maybe a week later, excuse me, sir. You must know, certainly, what they're going to do. They're not going to leave me like this, are they? Excuse me, sir. Asking all the wrong people. Because none of them know, including their own people, <laughs> what they are planning to do. But God. So Jesus' desire is to show us the Father. His desire is for us to know that he's with us, that we can stake our lives on the things that he speaks to us about. He wants us to know that when God calls us, when he gives us a Jeremiah 20, 11, 29, 11, you have an amazing life scripture, when he calls us to that life, he plans on equipping us every step of the way. He plans on finishing what he started. But Jesus came for something else. He came to show us how it's done. And when we look at Mark chapter 4, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Let me just go here first. Exodus 23, uh, 23 verse 20 says this. This is God, because we're learning about the nature of God. And so Jesus is here, and he's showing us how it's done. And so everything about Jesus' life was supernatural, which means he had heaven's help. And so everything about Jesus' life had to involve angels. It had to involve angelic assistance, even if it meant them bringing that part from that storeroom in heaven. It involves some kind of supernatural assistance. In Exodus chapter 23 and verse 20 says, I'm sending a messenger or an angel ahead of you. And this angel will protect you on your journey. And he will lead you safely to the place that I have prepared for you. God's prepared a place for us. And God says this, he says, pay close attention to him and follow his instructions. And so Jesus shows us that there is heavenly help. In Mark chapter 4, we see Psalm 103 in verse 20 tells us it's that, um, and Hebrews 1.14 tells us that God sends his angels to those who are the heirs of salvation. And those angels hearken to the commands of God. They hearken to the voice of God's word. So that's you and I. We are those in Christ and what Jesus showed us, he showed us that God was good. He showed us we could stake our lives on the things that God said, because he did, and he did so joyfully, and he did so willingly, but he also showed us how to do things. He also showed us that through our actions and through our words, which are as kings and priests commands, those angels are released, because those angels are waiting for commands. And so we see it, you see, when you understand a, a, a principle of the word of God, like pastor said, all of a sudden, when you get a revelation of angels in the Bible, now when you go to read the Bible again, you see angels everywhere. You know, it's like when you're going to buy a certain kind of car and you never see it. And all of a sudden you decide you're going to buy it. And it's like, where did they come from? They are like everywhere because we have a revelation Something has lighted on us, and so now we are paying attention to that, and that's exactly what God said. God's saying to us in this year of beyond our wildest dreams that the way we're going to get there, the road to beyond your wildest dreams is knowing that God's with us. But how many of you know that Jesus didn't just know something in his head he staked his life on it, and he utilized the spiritual principles that were made available to him in order to get things done. And one of those is angels, and we see that in Mark chapter 4. So God's telling us to pay close attention and that there are instructions in your journey. Wow. I mean, some of us can just go home and go, What? I heard that, I don't even have my Bible up here. 
I heard that was an instruction manual. It's okay. You don't, I don't need it. Hallelujah. God gives us instructions. So in Mark chapter 4, in verse 35, Jesus speaks to his disciples, and he tells them as he's preaching and doing things, he, you know, there's a place that's been prepared. Exodus says there's a place that's been prepared. There's a plan. There's a purpose. There's a journey that's been prepared. And God's saying that what he does in his goodness is he sends angels out ahead of us. And now we know, we know that about God. Okay, God, you plan things. You're a planner. You go ahead of us. You give us a plan, and then you go ahead of us in our plan, and you give us everything we need in our plan, and there's angelic host in our plan. And, and so I get that, and so now I understand that angels are watching my behavior just like the enemy watches my behavior, and angels are also listening to my words just like the enemy listens to words. And so he's saying, pay close attention so that you can discern, you can distinguish between what's me and you don't rush things along when I'm telling you to slow down and stop and wait. And so he says this to them. He says, go to the other side. And so he releases this word and he, he, he releases this word and immediately... After he, he releases this word, go to the other side. How many of you know that was a command? And how many of you know the angels were used to Jesus saying what he meant and meaning what he said? And when Jesus says, go to the other side, Jesus is getting to the other side. That's where God wants us. You know that it said about Samuel, I love this, that God made it so that not one of his words fell to the ground. Wow. Wow. How about the relationship that God, we see in the word that God had with Moses when God's like, you know, their actions have totally released the kingdom of darkness just all over them. And, you know, we just need to chat here, Moses, because I'm thinking I'm not going to step in. And he dialogues with Moses, and Moses, the scripture says, changes his mind or you know, gets involved. So as soon as Jesus speaks this, and angels are listening, and so they're like, okay, let's go, guys. They're going to the other side. All of a sudden, the Bible tells us that the winds come up. And sometimes that may happen in life when you decide, okay, I get it. Jesus, you tell us about the Father. You tell us he's good. You tell me I can stake my life on it. Jesus, you show me how it's done. Angels are watching my behavior. They're listening to my words. I get it. I get it. I get it. So then I speak these things, and all of a sudden it seems like all heck breaks loose. Not that we expect it, because it doesn't have to be that way. But sometimes... The wind starts blowing. And all of a sudden, from a non-discerning place, from a non-discerning place, they begin to declare, don't you care, Jesus? As he's in the back of the boat. How many of you know Jesus is discerning these things? He knows. God's good. I'm on his path. He told me to say, go to the other side. So somehow we're going to make it to the other side. Why wouldn't you go to sleep if you were tired? Why would you stay up? And yet so many of us can't sleep at night and stay up and worry day after day and night after night and maybe even get to the place where we've said those very same things God, don't you care? And Jesus' response to them is, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? And so I'm thinking that there's this amazing thing that happens to us when we're discerning, when we know God and we know how he works. And it's not just messages anymore. It's paying attention like Exodus 23, 20 says, I have, a pl I have a plan. I have a journey. I've, I've prepared the way. I've sent angels. Pay attention. Be discerning as you walk through because I'm going to send markers. I'm going to speak to your heart. There's going to be times where there's absolute peace. And there's going to be times when your heart is going to scream no peace. 
don't move. Reminds me of a Mac Hammond, if you know him. He's a minister in the United States, and his little boy was on the, um, he's, he flies airplanes, and um, when, a, when a propeller is going at a certain speed, you can't see it. And his little boy, he lands, and the propeller, the plane's on the ground, and the propeller is still going. And his little boy runs towards the airplane, and he yells, Stop! And thank God, in that moment, he learned, My dad's good. My dad's good. And if my dad tells me to stop, there's a reason. And so I'm going to follow, maybe ask questions later, <laughs> but follow his instructions. Do you know the disciples, they said, you know, what their response is. So, so being, you know, allowing these things to kind of land and become a part of our life. And this is the pain of Christianity, is the growth of of making these choices and making these, it's not sickness and disease, it's not lack, it's not poverty. We, we need to discern and, and, and separate those things that God is good, he is good, he is always good, hallelujah. And that sometimes is the pain of walking through life is you know, making those decisions and sometimes it's painful to, to just stand and believe and think good things, just Believe God and just think good things and gain your composure. Come on, gain your composure, Tina. You've heard God. Come on, I just, I, I just rebuke those thoughts right now. We've heard from God. We're just going to be still, heart. Be still in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I thank you that you're faithful to your word. I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. You said it, God. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. And I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do that until that heavy that is sitting on me lifts. Or I'm going to make some decisions that aren't decisions made out of perceiving or discerning. They're going to be decisions based off of how I'm thinking and feeling in the moment. How do you know that? That's what he's calling us to. That is the doorway of this supernatural, amazing life that distinguishes us and separates us. And it is challenging in those moments when we are working on things and we don't quite believe them because we're not sitting on the cloud sipping our tea watching the circumstances we're kind of in the middle of the storm encouraging ourselves, like david said in the lord when the disciples saw see this reaction and they scream out before they think of course because they're walking with him every day seeing that everything he does is completely selfless Everything that he absolutely does is completely out of love. It is completely giving, and he is a phenomenon. And what comes out of their mouth is, God, don't you care about us? Don't you see that we are in trouble? Can't you see that we've given our lives? Can't you see that we've given everything, God? Can't you see? I could be doing something better right now, but here I am in the middle of the... And they said, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? They don't know him yet enough to say, hey, if Jesus is sleeping, I'm sleeping. I eat the same amount of food he did. I've been walking the same road he did. No, they're up, they're up worrying. They're up looking at, oh, it's getting higher. Let's draw a little line. See, oh, the wave's getting higher. It's getting higher. It seems like, oh, there's, there was an inch of water in the boat. Now we're at two. Oh, we're in trouble. I mean, we watch, don't we? We watch. We've been trained to watch things, haven't we? We've been trained, you know? I remember I, I worked, you know, at the racetrack for a bit, and I, was, I literally I would video races, and I had this one, I was up on a huge high tower, and I was responsible for one corner. It wasn't to the most amazing years of my life, but 
I was responsible for one little corner and I would wait and wait and wait until the horses got around this little bend and then literally take, you know, it was like, whoop, now we're done. But you're, you're paying such close attention so that you get it right. And we've given our attention, haven't we, to so many things that when it comes time for us to stand, when it comes time for us to give the angels our words, when it comes time for our behavior to look a certain way, it's maybe looked a different way. And that's not condemnation. It's just that we're all here because of the, you know, because we all want to grow. And so Jesus is showing us how it's done. And so being prepared removes fear from our lives. It removes all fear. Jesus said, why are you afraid? I'm not afraid. I know God. I'm not afraid. I've heard from him. I know that he's going to finish what he started. I know him. I know he will finish what he starts. I know he will finish what he starts. I know if he asks me to do this, that somehow it's going to work out for good. I'm doing everything to the best of my ability that he's asking me to do, and so it will somehow, some way, it's going to. So it minimizes fear. We see that in the life of Jesus. And yet so many people every year are dealing, hospitalized with this thing called fear being prepared, walking in discernment, walking, paying attention to what God is doing and not what the enemy is doing and not what circumstances are doing actually minimizes our losses. It actually causes the good things to, 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 for us to get more out of the good that is happening in our lives. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And so we see that. We, we see it also. You know the story, and I'll go quickly because I'm out of time. But I, I just think it's absolutely amazing. We see it also. How many of you know the story of Balaam and, um, and Balak? Balaam is the man, and Balak is the king and the donkey. And so um, what happens is Balaam is riding a donkey, and he's on a journey that God told him not to go on. And so as he's on this journey, there's an angel on the path that is literally, you know, with a sword in his hand, and the donkey sees the angel. He's discerning. But Balaam, the man, is not discerning. He's rushing along, pushing along, driving recklessly along. And so the angel sees it, and three times in the story, the, the donkey is doing everything he possibly can, like, to get out of the way so that he's not right in the way of this angel and getting what he sees coming, while Balaam is totally oblivious to what happens. And each time the donkey moves out of the way, the man, Balaam, beats him and strikes the donkey until finally the scripture says that God opens up the mouth of the donkey and the donkey talks to Balaam and says, hey, dude, like I've always been good to you. Didn't you stop for a minute and think maybe something was up? I've always done exactly what you've asked me to do. And today I'm doing things a little bit different. Maybe you should pay attention. Maybe there's more going on than meets the eye. And the scripture actually says about him, it, it goes on those three times, and, and the scripture actually says, um, He's, he goes on to say, he humbles himself when the Lord finally opens up Balaam's eyes. And he humbles himself and realizes that the angel was there to oppose him. And he says this, he says, I didn't realize. I didn't realize. And the reason the angel was opposing him was because the angel said, your path is reckless. kind of makes us think about Abraham with Ishmael. When we rush things along in life, when we are reckless in life, when we put our hands into things that we shouldn't. And then my last story of this. Thank you, Lord, that you're increasing discernment in us, God. 
Thank you, Lord, that you're causing us to pay more attention. Thank you, Lord, that you're causing us to realize that our time maybe dialoguing with you is the doorway to hear your voice and hear it more clearly so that as you are sending out those signals on the way, Lord, that we would discern them, we would pursue them, we, we wouldn't be rushing headlong or headstrong down that road that's not you when the angel, just like with Baal, when you have been opposing us resisting us maybe maybe the reason your things aren't working out is because they're not God maybe maybe it's because you just need to having done all to stand stand but maybe God's doing you a favor just like in this story and it's actually not happening before it should because he doesn't want us to get to the end of our life with not one regret. Amen. And we see, that, we see that absolute confidence when Abraham is tested. He is so confident that God has the power to do what he promised. He is so confident and sees, he, 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 when he, he is releasing, he knows something about God and that's the confidence and then he's releasing his angels because when he takes Isaac to the mountain, he says something to the gentlemen that are with him as he's going to sacrifice his son, his only son. He says something. He releases a command. He releases words. He acts a certain way based on what God says that shows the angels he believes God. Yes. How many of you know it's not just your words, it's your actions? He says, the lad and I will be right back. They're like, I think he might be delusional because he's going, you know, and maybe they were privy to what he was going to do. And they're like, don't worry about what he's saying. He's just delusional. Isn't that sometimes what people think about faith people? When you're believing God, when God's shown you a picture God's given you a dream. And everybody thinks you're cuckoo. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to pray. Thank you, Lord. That was the place where God's provision, you know the story, through all of that, we learn Yahweh, Yaira, the Lord will provide. Father, let's just lift our hands to the Lord this morning. We want to know you by experience. We want to know you by experience. We want you to open up our eyes as we have decided to walk this path. That you would open up our eyes, that we would no longer be opposing you in situations, no longer walking recklessly, Lord, apart from you and your plans. We want to walk with that same confidence that Jesus did, that same confidence that caused him, Lord, to sleep in the middle of a storm, that same confidence, Lord, in the middle of the report that, that caused David to run, that caused Daniel, Lord, and, and Peter when he's about to be beheaded the next day to sleep. It says when the angel came to Peter when he was in prison and the next morning he's going to be beheaded, it says the angel literally needs to like shake Peter and wake him up. He's in a deep, deep sleep. And I'm pretty sure it's not because he took sleeping pills. I'm pretty sure it's because he knew something they had been seeing miracles they had been experiencing the miraculous god we thank you that's what it takes to hear from you to perceive god what you're seeing god what you're saying apart from circumstances and then to stake our lives like jesus did on what you said by acting and speaking in alignment God, we ask that you would increase the discernment all over this room this morning. You would increase our discernment.
And Father, we repent. Maybe we have gotten that check when the scripture says peace is our umpire and we've overridden it because we wanted something so bad or we wanted it now. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus for another opportunity. For another opportunity at those things. To see God, to live like with the advantage, the edge that you've given us. As children of God who are paying attention and receiving instruction, hallelujah, and experiencing the miraculous as a result of it. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that your life was impacted by this service and you are able to feel the tangible love of Jesus fill whatever space you're listening from. Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus or you've known about him but been far from him. We want to give you the opportunity to make his love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on the cross so that you could be close to him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning, one that will impact this globe for good. If you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then just repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and been living without you. I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me. I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my Savior and my Lord. Help me believe in you and love you every day. And help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you have just made to make Jesus the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey. And most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at golightcity.com to let us know about the decision you've made today. We have resources we would love to send you with some easy steps on where to go from here so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. If you have a prayer request, our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you and we look forward to hearing from you real soon.